Welcome into Bucks Insider presented by Verizon. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. We got another fun one to talk about. We got a whole dang streak four in happening. A row. Four in a row. Are you someone that considers three is a streak? Oh, for sure. Okay, so not two. Is not two. A streak, yeah. two is not a streak. Three is a so four. Four. Obviously, we're streaking over yes. here with like four straight wins that have been so fun. Loved this graphic. It's just oh, incredible. That's nice. It's uh, and for for Christmas, what else would we have wanted other than Santa? He was shredding. And, and I loved our tweet that said, enter Santa, because he was playing enter <laughs> Sandman. Sandman. I really okay. enjoyed that. I mean, I'm sure all the Bucks fans must have been good this year, because they asked for a win. They asked for a fun win, some good offense, some everything. You got turnover. You have, I mean, just this decisive win is what I'm sure everyone would have said, this is what we wanted for Christmas. You want to be peaking at this time of the year. And the Buccaneers have overcome that lull in the middle of the season. Fast start, six or seven losses lull, but they're peaking at the right time. Kind of, I don't want to invoke Super Bowl comparisons, but kind of like the end of 2020, playing their best ball at the time when the hot teams are the ones that make it in the playoffs. And the, the Ravens have a five-game winning streak after beating San Fran and, and stopping their streak. And next is the Bucks. Those are the two teams with the longest winning streaks in the league right now. So who knows what's going to happen over the next couple weeks and in the postseason, but you have to be happy about the Bucks appear to be peaking at the right time. I completely agree. And particularly the <clears throat> offense, where we knew it was yes. going to take a little time to grow, to gel. You got the new coordinator, new QB almost a completely new offensive line. So we knew it was going to take some time, and it seems like it's clicking just in time, and especially in terms of Baker Mayfield's performance. Mm -hmm. He just starts to look so comfortable in this offense with so many different weapons. Yeah, and yeah, Bucks are scoring about 28 points a game over those four games. Uh, the one blemish, the only thing that this offense can't get accomplished is a touchdown on the first drive of the game. <laughs> and we go into every game lately and they're driving they've been they've gotten a lot of field goals they're moving the ball yeah, get just inside the 10. Yeah. and then they get a lot of second drive first downs but for some reason we have not all year had a touchdown on the first drive of the game um so that's the next thing i'm asking santa for if there's <laughs> like an auxiliary christmas but um so i think we're looking at yeah baker okay. mayfield and his uh passer rating has just i mean we knew about the perfect one in green bay but then he still just put up such yeah. incredible numbers this last, last week. week he kind of cratered only 116.7 oh, how rating. terrible we expect so much more <laughs> but yeah over the last five weeks um he four weeks he has the third best passer rating in the league and we all know matthew stafford's been red hot and that dolphins life offense has been great all year uh, but look at this upcoming game who's fourth on the Derek Carr. Mm, interesting. So, uh, yeah, he's been very precise, and I think you said it, and it's accurate. They, the offense with Dave Canales, they've taken some time to develop it. They're, they've found some run plays that work that they can go to, um, and they've just kind of clicked here at the end, and a lot of that has to do with the offensive line really gelling well together, but they've figured out answers, I think is the best way to put it, to whatever they face, whatever defenses they face, and whatever game situations they face. And Dave Canales has talked about that, I know, and I think you talked with him about it on a show, but about knowing, having answers to everything that they face, and you're seeing that now. And Baker is, it's not just how precise his passing is, it's, he, he knows what to do. I mean, he's just really running the offense so well, and he's, he's progressing through his reads so well, and then making these accurate throws. I mean, this is what you want to see, and it's it's really encouraging as, it is. The, as the postseason potentially arrives. Yeah, and one thing he definitely knows to do is throw it to Mike Evans, particularly <laughs> in the end zone. Yeah. If I'm Dave Canales, I'm just calling play number 13 when we get inside that red zone and near the end zone. Two more touchdowns for Mike Evans. The, the first one was a, a nice little pivot route, which it was only three yards, but I appreciate because I just feel like when you get down there, 
two or three yards away. Sometimes don't run the fade, which is a low percentage play. Run just a simple little route. This was just a little pivot route, which is just take a few steps to the end zone, cut in, and then pivot around and go the other direction, and it totally fooled the defender. He fell off right away. Uh, see that? See that yep. pivot there? He was wide open. He had like three yards of separation. And on the other play, he, as I think um, Baker said yesterday, he high-pointed that pass, and Baker knows he can throw it up there. Not every receiver can make that play. High-pointing a, a, a hard pass between two defenders is not an easy thing to do, but mm -hmm. Mike, now we've been showing graphics about Mike all year, of course, and a lot of them had to do with him moving up in the all-time touchdown catch rankings, which he did again. He yep. broke a tie and is all alone in 12th now, which is just incredible, 12th all time. But he did another thing. He got to, he's at 13 touchdown catches. So this is the fifth year he's had 12 or more in his career. And he's only the fifth guy to ever do that at least five times. And look at the other names on the list. I don't know if you can read it at the bottom, but that asterisk means they're in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've noticed about every single graphic we've shown about Mike is yeah. that all the people around him in all these categories are all Hall of Famers. The company you keep. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, and I know that he wasn't the only guy making some big catches in this game that, A, we talked about again, Baker being able to have chemistry with so many different people, finding so many different people, and guys coming up with big catches that are not easy, not givens. And I loved this one with Payne Dermott. It was very reminiscent of his Colts catch as well, that mm -hmm. he loves that right by the, uh, the end zone same over there. The same field. part of the field and everything. This was a little out and up route, which is a really nice, nicely designed play when, when you look at it and see what everybody was doing on that play. But it got him isolated on this out and up. And uh, according to... Um, Next Gen Stats, that one and this one, which is basically a corner route to Chris Godwin, you know, there's not a lot of room for that ball to get in there between over the defender and before the sideline. And and th these two see that, there's just not a lot of room there. And they're showing how there's not a lot of separation, so it has to be a pretty on-point pass. And I think it says 31.9% chance probability according to Next Gen Stats. And this was his most improbable completion of the day. And we already watched it before and we praised Mike for it, but just putting that ball in a spot where Mike can get to it, uh, what does it say there, 29.4% chance. That's based on similar passes over the course of many years. And what, what is the likelihood that it'll actually be complete? And so they call that his three most improbable catches of the game. You know, we've talked a lot about this offense, but I do think that there's one part of the offense that goes a little unheralded at times, and that's Chase McLaughlin. That this guy that I feel like, A, he's given a lot of flexibility to the offense of knowing that they're going to be able to come away with some points where maybe in years past you didn't feel as confident about that. If you're, you know, maybe it's like, oh, it's a 57-yarder. I don't know. Do we punt? Do we this? Do we go for it? I think that Chase has added so much to this to feel confident that you can get points from a lot further out very consistently. Well, he hit a 51-yarder. Now, he's had a couple 57-yarders, and to me, those are still like, ooh, I don't know, although he made them both. Mm -hmm. But um, it's at the point now where you see him lining for a 51-yarder, you kind of think, well, yeah, he's, he's going to make that. He's 6 of 7 from 50 and beyond this year, which is awesome. And then at this point now, he's made 26 of his 28 uh, field goals attempts, which was the exact amount that Connor Barth made in 2011 to break the Buckner's all-time record. So if he just continues to make them all, he's going to have his have the record. Uh, and we should probably knock on wood at this yes, point. Yes, of course. I think I try not to put a lot of kicker stats up during yes. the season because I don't want to be a jinx. But at some point, you have to talk about it because he's just been so automatic. And mm -hmm. the only two kicks that weren't good were blocked. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I think I said it before, but... Maybe they were blocked because he kicked it too low and it wasn't going to make it. I don't know. Or maybe they just made a good play. We don't know if those two would have gone in, but they might have. So 
in a way he's been about as close to per perfect as you could expect your kicker to be and it's awesome because the Bucks decided to move on from Ryan Suckup who gave us three great years mm -hmm. including a Super Bowl year where he was perfect in the playoffs partially because they wanted a kicker that could give you those long kicks and he has as we said six of seven from 50 including four from 55 or farther but in addition, he's been what Ryan was, which was automatic mm -hmm. on the ones you expect to make. So, uh, you know, what a uh, what an amazing signing that has proven to be. Yeah, I completely agree. And then another guy that has been incredibly fun to watch, Yaya Diaby. Just one of my favorite stories of this whole year of, A, just his background and story of how he even got to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know about it, we've got a few different things up. I know that we had him on our Bucks Total Access show, which you can find on the Bucks YouTube and watch him talk about working at the airport and having <laughs> to go to a military college and just so many things. Also, what a great celebration what that was. What was that? What was it? The, um, oh, I'm gonna get in trouble because I'm not gonna say it right. Is it a it's movie like thing? the uh, the Powerball, is that right? Power I don't know, ball. someone that knows Powerball Z? I don't know I don't, anything I about know. those We're things. exposing ourselves. The whole <laughs> anime community that's watching right now is like, oh my gosh. That's so obvious. Um, but yes, yeah, so I love that. But man, Yaya, it's just been so cool to watch him emerge. I've earned so many more snaps. And now, I mean, he's second to, you know, Kalijah in these tackles for loss. And he's leading in sacks and it, all these things for rookies across the whole league. And how cool to have he and Kalijah both on this team of the two top rookies in terms of disrupting the backfield. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, they both have, I guess, Kalijah's number one with 10 tackles for loss, mm -hmm. and then Yaya's second with nine, and now Yaya is tied for the rookie sack lead with, uh, I think, Byron Young of the Rams. Um, and a couple weeks ago, I would have said, eh, probably not, but you saw that Peter Schrager tweet there pumping Yaya for defensive rookie of the year, and then I'm looking at it going, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, there isn't, like last year, the winner was Sauce Gardner, who was having an incredible year. Mm -hmm. um, I guess Brian Branch, uh, the safety for the Lions, is doing pretty good, but doesn't really have quite the same type of numbers and, and buzz that, that Sauce had last year. So there's not one guy at any position among the defensive rookies of the year that's really standing out above the crowd. So then you go, well, well he's tied for right. league lead in sacks up there in tackles for loss. And uh, it's just been, it's, it's been a nice progression, and what's really cool about it is, Coach said, Coach Bowles said the other day, is, I mean, we got him in the third round. You don't normally get a good pass rusher in the third round. They really drafted him primarily because they thought he could be, he could really um, sh close off the edge and be a great run defender. They were, and he has been. Mm -hmm. They, they've been pleasantly surprised at his arsenal pass rush moves and how good of a pass rusher he's been. And, I mean, that makes it a home run of a draft pick yeah. at this point. I completely agree, especially at that round where you are not used yeah. to finding elite pass rushers at that point. All right, so this Sunday, kind of a big one. Anytime you play the Saints, already fun. You know you got the rivalry there and everything. Fun. And, well, you know. Depends. Not if it's in New Orleans. That, that's fair, but, you know. <laughs> we're home. It's not, <laughs> so we're excited about it. And especially when it is for the division. I right. think it's just so perfect that they would be who we would be playing yeah. when we have a chance to clinch it. So tell us about just sort of the situation this Sunday and what this game means and, and the whole NFC South picture. Yeah, B Baker said that. He's like, it is really huge to have this opportunity to potentially clinch in front of your home fans mm -hmm. and also against a division opponent. And, and uh, let's be honest, it's the division opponent that we've been most emotional about yep. maybe the last six or seven years. Uh, probably one of these two teams is going to win the division and so that would be seven straight years where it's either the Bucks or the Saints. Uh, what we have though for the Bucks is a really good position to be in after these four straight wins. They now come into this game knowing they can clinch the division by beating the Saints no matter what else happens. 
you don't want to lose. But even if you do, you have a little bit of a safety net because the Bucks only have to win one of their last two games. Mm -hmm. The last one being in Carolina against a team that currently has two wins. Now, they've been playing well lately, right. but they currently have two wins. And uh, you just have to win one of those two games. So even if New Orleans beats us, we, the Buccaneers still control their own fate. They can win the division with a win in Carolina. But everybody on this team wants to do it now. Yes, and we've talked about how the Bucks have been remarkably healthy now in oh, December so compared to what teams normally are and when you had such an early bye week. The Saints may not be quite as fortunate as the Buccaneers, and we still don't know all the final injury reports for either team, but it looks like they might be missing a few pretty pretty key pieces. Well, they've had, they've had Marshawn Lattimore, who we all know him and his battle with Mike Evans every time. He's a very good cornerback. And then Michael Thomas, uh, who's had a lot of injury issues for years now, but is when healthy is, is a very productive player. They've both been on injury reserve for more than four games. So they are eligible to be activated. However, um, their head coach, Dennis Allen, said this week that he doesn't see that happening. So those two are probably not going to play. Um, you don't wish injuries upon anybody, but that does make their lineups a little less formidable on both sides of the ball. Yep, it's going to be interesting to see. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider. Thank you so much for being with us. We hope you have a safe and fun New Year's, and we'll see you next week.